Hey, this is Dave. This is Tim. And this is Dave and Tim. No, okay. and Dave. I got Tim and Dave. I, yeah. Yeah, okay. This, well, we testing. should actually add that into the show. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. This is Tim. And this is Dave. This is Tim and Dave. One of these days, Timmy. One of these days. Straight to the moon. Straight to the moon. Pow, zoom. What was that thing? I think it was from, um, wasn't Archie Honeymooners. Yeah, it was a Honeymooners. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I think Futurama did a, did a, uh, did a parody off of that. I think that. everything did a parody yeah. off of that. <laughs> well, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tim and Dave Show podcast. It is. Uh, I would like to thank you all for tuning in for this week's episode. Uh, before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that you can catch us on Facebook at the Tim and Dave Show podcast. Uh, you can like, subscribe, make a comment, you know, show us some love. Uh, we usually have updates on there every week to show a promo clip for each episode. Uh, we also, why'd you look at me like that? I didn't. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Tim looks at me like, wait, we do? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Tim, it's been like 36 episodes. Oh, okay. Uh, you can I'll also- have to check that out sometime. <laughs> You can also check us out uh, on our uh, on our iTunes account. You can like and subscribe and comment and rate. Uh, we are also available on SoundCloud, FM Play, and Google Play. Uh, we also have a Patreon account. Uh, there you can donate a small parcel of monies so that we can buy new equipment and start paying for our uh, hosting fees. Uh, it's the Tim and Dave Show podcast. Uh, there's a rating of how much you actually donate, and depending on how much you do, you can get certain prizes, like you can ask us a question, or we can uh, delve into a topic, or you can record yourself speaking uh, and being a guest on the podcast for a question or anything of that nature. So take a check out of it. It's it's pretty interesting, and we appreciate any support you could give us financially. But if you can't give us something financially, word of mouth. Mm. Word of mouth is the way Mm. to go. You can tell a friend and tell a friend's friend, tell Mm. your mom, tell your dad, tell your cousins. Talk about the Tim and Dave Show podcast. Podcast and how amazing and wonderful this podcast can be. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Thanks, Tim, for that support right there. You're welcome. Dave's got a real beard going. Oh my god, listeners! I have. I've always I had like a beard. No, Thanks. This is a, this is a different level. This is a different level of beardage. Yeah, you know it is. Oh yeah, you you know it is, boy. You know <laughs> you know it, boy. You know it, boy. Girl, um, you know. I, 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 I've been looking at pictures of when I didn't have a beard, and uh-huh. I look so young. I yeah. look so young. Um, and I kind of wish sometimes I want to cut I've off I've been looking my beard. at pictures of when I had hair. <laughs> I look so young. <laughs> oh, Timothy. Yeah. Timothy, Timothy. I don't know. Like, I, I, I always want, I do want to cut it off sometimes just because, like, I don't know. I feel like it's 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 a lot to maintain. It takes a while to get used to. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt in its own way. I don't know. Listen, should I cut my beard off or no, not? No, no. There should be a no. poll. There should be a poll on our Facebook page. Okay. So, I don't know. Um, so, right before the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, um, I showed Tim uh, a short movie mm. by the Wong Fu Production, mm. and I believe it was called what was the title of it oh, originally? I, didn't it was, I think it was. Um, uh, this point forward, or something like that. Are yeah, there... no. From... from this here on out. Here on out. Here from on here, out. Here on out. I highly recommend, ladies and gentlemen. Please, 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 please. And you know, I have an artistic sense of things. You know, I love artistic stuff, and you know, I like K drama. Mm. Uh, but the Wong Fu Production Group was from it YouTube. Korean? I uh, I don't. I think I, no. It's probably Chinese. Okay. Um, 
Uh, it's it's I think I think it's an Asian. I think I think the idea is this is that production group I, I believe uh, was also part of Nika Higa's crew in uh, San Fran. Really? I think he made like mm. an all Asian production crew because sounds racist. It's not. I don't know if it's racist. I think <laughs> it's, it's not. I'm joking. It's, I think I think more so it's like because they they notice how yeah, limited uh-huh. Asian roles are in Hollywood, so they just made their own production mm. uh, advocating for Asian American actors and actors and actresses. Um, but the from here on out uh, was a beautiful piece. I saw right before the podcast and i had to tell timmy about it and Mm. uh what was your impression of it tim i liked it i enjoyed it i mean it's not the kind of thing that's so far up my alley Mm -hmm. it's up your alley for sure thank you thank you for me it's like a little bit melodramatic but i i I very much appreciated what it was i appreciated it it's about this grocery store uh clerk um who makes this metaphysical kind of uh, uh you know um, statement about how he notices that each person that comes by into his life buying groceries, he can kind of tell what's going on in their life by what the groceries. Mm. He kind of falls for a girl, and then, and then you know, just just things ensue. And I think because you and I both both worked blue collar jobs uh-huh. in the I service in a grocery store. Yes, you did. We worked in service industry jobs. I I feel like that was poignant in a way because we I related to that that mentality and that idea of just staying with that one job mm. and then oh you know i related to that yeah one. Uh, for sure and it's like i don't know I, it made me really inspired because how it ended and everything goes across it's a beautiful beautiful ending yeah. um but i was telling timmy this is why i really wanted to like briefly discuss this is that i don't know like the wong fu group they went off and did their own thing i mean nika higa let's be honest here millions worth millions mm-hmm. i mean he 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 started the youtube since he made I think he was one of the biggest, first big YouTube sensations. Yeah, he was a big deal. Um, I just started talking to him, Timmy. I was talking to Timmy and saying, like, you know, I really just, I am not, all right, guys, I know this is the most original idea in the world. I'm sure a lot of people want to do this, but <laughs> I just really want to start a production group. I just uh-huh. want to, like a production studio. Like, okay. I want to make dramas. I want to make movies. I mm. want to write. I, I want to make music. I, I want to make art. I just want to get a bunch of creative people together with different skills and different passions, put them all together, and let's just create. Like, I know it sounds pseudo-sophisticated and, like, so, like, oh, let's go to the village in freaking New York and, like, be part of the Bohemian. I, I get it. We all want to do creative things. But I feel like, I don't know, like, after seeing that piece, I kind of get really inspired just to really just let myself be mm-hmm. the creative I really want to be. You I know what you. I mean? And we have some long-standing ideas we do we do you know it's, it's king cra- of balls it's crazy king of balls yes it's gonna be our manga about uh bas- i think it should go straight to series it's no manga not, series uh, like an anime or, yeah. or a live action a- anime i don't know how to make anime we'll find someone we'll find someone we're that's the easy. writers yeah okay i think eh, maybe that's true maybe we just pitch a pitch a dra- yeah. pitch a, uh-huh. okay okay the the premise is, is that um like you know prince of tennis was like a drama about a guy playing tennis that, this is about Playing pool, pool, billiards, you know, the- and the guy is like it's post-war Japan, yeah. And the main character, it's like there was a black GI during the American occupation. Mm-hmm. He got with a Japanese woman. This is the son. GI went back to America, and he's kind of like a little on the edges of society, dealing with right. some what's the word discrimination, right? Right. So he finds his niche in like the underground billiards. pool house billiards yeah. type thing. And he's the man. He's, he's the called king of the balls. king of balls. <laughs> and then one of the covers is going to be this, like this heavy black guy, <laughs> like like one of his rivals. And like every uh-huh. finger, he has such a big hand. And between his fingers would be a, a, a like an actual like pool ball. ball. Uh-huh. <laughs> king of balls. <laughs> king of balls, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so I mean, anyways, so like there's a lot of creative stuff, and it's just like I don't know, like sometimes. 
and I hope in the future I do get myself the opportunity to actually pursue these ideas. I mean, mm. look at us right now. We're doing our podcast. We're mm. doing what we love. We do. We find things we like to talk about. We talk about it to people. We try to inspire others to do the things they want to do. But like anything else in life, ladies and gentlemen, we are a lifelong progression. You know, mm-hmm. there's never a point in our lives where we're going to say, I got it all done. I have everything solved. You know, I know what I'm doing with my life. No, 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 no. Guys, l- listen, like the, the, the point of living is to grow and to figure out more about who you are and who you want to be. And as mm. things in life life change you change change in ways you don't even recognize you would change or want to do or like and that's what's important that's why i really like that one short film that i please everyone who's listening watch it it is beautiful uh it kind of talks about that whole idea of get yourself out of the comfort zone take risks and Mm. do something that you said to yourself you've always wanted to do you know what i mean so i don't know it was for a sunday it's raining out it was really inspiring. You just watched it today? I literally, like yeah. a half hour before I got to your place oh, yeah? to this record, I was like, oh my God. That's cool. This pumps me up. Mm. I want to. And you know, that's what's beautiful about art. And think about it this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to end it with this. Think about the things that you wanted to, want to create but have yet to create hmm. that could inspire others to want to be better people. Like, just think about your, your viewpoint, your mindset is important. And you don't know who you're going to impact and touch later down the line, hmm. you know? And there's an actual interesting article uh, regarding this, actually, uh, that I actually want to talk about, about uh, how ways in which you can affect other people based upon um, your own actions and how you do things. Mm. It's, it's, I, we're discussing it today, actually. Do you have a magnum opus sitting under your hat? Sitting under your hat? What's a magnus opus? Magnum opus. What the heck's that? Like, speaking of these, all these creative things you want to do, do you have the one thing that you're like, this is, if any of it succeeds... I think this is the thing that, like, you know, the not even that's going to be the most successful, but the thing that you think this has the most potential. To if be a I great do it right, if I do it right, now every and this that that answer changes given mm. my passion for the project that I want to do. Mm-hmm. I have an idea for making a short film, like a Sundance film, you know, a Sundance Festival film. And it's going to be a rendition of The Little Prince. Because mm-hmm. the fellow that wrote The Little Prince, um, I, I, can never, I can never say his name in French. Uh, what is it? I, I really can't I don't, recall. I, I, don't, I could say it, yeah. but I don't remember what it is. I'll so, look it up. Keep talking. Anyhow, so the fellow who wrote The Little Prince, he has passed uh, during World War II. So the copyright infringement or the copyright law that protects the work has now um, lapsed. So it's now in public domain. So it allows people to put creative um, – uh, they, they can change it in it certain be ways. like Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. Exupéry. 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 If, if that's how – I mean that's how it looks. Yeah. Um, so I always wanted to make a modern rendition, a live action modern rendition mm, of, of that, that story. Okay. And that's like my big – thing right now i mm. really want and it's not and it's it's not gonna be that i mean it's gonna be beautiful i i, mm. I can picture it how much i want to make this film and i'm gonna i wrote a script actually when i was a kid for uh of a rendition of a book i love too mm-hmm. hawk song by amelia altwater Rhodes. i remember you and being into i have that. literally been a creative all my life i just uh-huh. never gave myself the true what's the word i'm looking for um not leniency but uh the 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 privilege to fail, mm, you know what I, I mean. See. And uh-huh. I, 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 ladies and gentlemen, as I said, like as much of as a positive person I can be about the certain things that I'm interested in and what Tim's interested in or what have you, uh, we're all growing and we're all trying to become better people and better parts of who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's just a dream I had, just to be a creative. So that particular film, when I saw that, was like, gosh, I just really, 
I'm really vying to find a way to get myself to be able to do that. You know what I mean? Cool. So thank God for this podcast, though. Word. Anyhow, uh, speaking about crazy, ridiculous things that are going on with uh, with the world. Uh, Our favorite topic. Uh, airplanes. Airplanes. Airpl- I never even this is what realized us, that. This is what got us on the map. That's you true. Know, literally and figuratively. An airplane map. So, Tim, talk to us about planes. So what's going on with plane news? So news, you know news. Air Force One, right? I know Air Force One. Air Force One, One. It needs a new refrigerator. Great movie, by the way. Anyways, what? New refrigerator. New refrigerator. How much do you think that new refrigerator is going to cost? Air Force One on a plane. I don't know. Like, how big is it? How do, do they? Going to be pretty big. Is it like is it like a walk-in refrigerator? I don't know. Or but it's is big. it like a regular like refrigerator? It's, it's, regular? Not, a, it's not that. <laughs> it's not that thing. I would say a couple hundred thousand dollars. Twenty-four million. Twenty-four million. Trump eats a lot of McDonald's. Why? Why would you need a twenty-four million dollar? I don't know, but that's how much it costs. That's what the taxpayer is paying. Apparently, Donald Trump was a great deal maker. <laughs> he really cut. He really cut that one. Twenty-four million dollar refrigerator. I, I just. I. I wonder though why. Why that would be that way though. It doesn't make any sense to me. Nothing. I mean, I'm sure you've heard all these anecdotes about like how much the Pentagon spends on nonsense. Like, remember that um controversy some years ago, like a two million dollar screw or something, like no. literally a two million dollar screw or something like that. What was it though? Yeah. Was like, it just really a two million? It was a screw. Because they spend so much money on so much stuff. It's like, you know, it's like how when people sometimes like really examine a hospital bill Mm -hmm. and find out that they're charging like $100 per pill of aspirin. It's like that kind of thing. Mm. When you have this huge, ridiculous system that spends such ungodly sums of money. Right. No one can possibly pay attention to it. So totally ridiculous things just get, you know... I wonder it. if it's just padded for other things that they're not saying they're purchasing. It might be, but I don't know. I, I can live with that. Maybe they're buying some I'm like just Tomahawk assume missiles. It's just a uh, refrigerator. Okay, well, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. A lot of deep fried, no, like a cooler, not even <laughs> refrigerator. It's just like a cooler, for like one of those beard. dorm refrigerators. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! So oh that's, man! That's the deal maker, Trump, for you. And this is why dollar. this is why people want to leave this country. Obama didn't spend twenty four million dollars. No, but he bought the Obama bus. Did he? Yeah, he got he, he like <laughs> he added to the. <laughs> you didn't you remember this? I don't remember the oh Obama bus. Oh my god! Bus. So it's funny. So each president kind of adds something a little bit to the White House uh. and things like that. I think Bill Clinton, I think, added a, a bowling alley and the uh, brothel and the brothel. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? I think I think Barbara Bush. Uh, the think, other brothel. The, the <laughs> I think she added like the rose garden or something. Okay. I don't recall. And then the Air Force One was eventually added. Uh-huh. Um, the limousines were added. But Obama's, you know, claim to fame is that he wanted he he liked to drive around rather than <laughs> he liked the Greyhound bus yeah. system. And he said, "I'm going to build like a mobile bus home mm. where I could just relax instead of like going on planes for long distance." So he okay. built the Obama bus, hmm. and like it's like this RV esque type bus refab with all this bulletproof under it's i don't think trump wow. uses that anymore but it's called the obama bus. i don't know if it's called the obama bus but like that's what he he, he added sure to the entourage i'm sure like in the official secret service parlous i don't think it was called the obama bus. <laughs> the obama bus get on walking the train towards the obama, the obama bus as i said uh, this is what would uh make me want to leave this country yeah but uh, Tim has a discussion to talk Speaking about. Speaking of leaving countries. Exactly. There you go. If you're going to leave the Dumbass. country, you're going to have to go somewhere, right? Yes. Probably most people want to go to another relatively well-off country. 
Depending on the situation. Depending yeah. on the situation. Well, there happen to be rankings of which countries, which high-income countries, immigrants would most like to emigrate to. Okay, okay. There's a certain country that came in dead last. How far dead last? Was dead it like, last. Was it like nowhere even close to the other ones? I think so. Wow. Well, not, no, okay. well I mean, it was lowest on the list. Right, I don't right, know right. if it was far below number, right. you know, whatever. Right. Japan. Japan. Huh. We're bi- Japan's a big friend of the show. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, so I don't approve of these rankings. Well, I can understand to a degree. So when you leave a country, uh-huh. you want to be able to live in a country where you feel as if you can have a good standard of living. Yeah. Uh, Japan is incredibly expensive to not, have. Not rent, though. Like, rent, rent is expensive. It is. <sighs> in, in, in Tokyo, rent is stupid expensive. Not like New York or San Francisco or any it's a, place If you're like living that. in a nice spot, it's kind of it's in, in a nice in a in a. In, okay, let's put this in perspective. Okay, if you want this uh, a Western style apartment, mm. okay, not the one bedroom, a one room to Tommy Matt apartment that also has a working air conditioner in a safe spot. Not a safe spot. Japan's completely everywhere safe. in Japan I know. is in a, a safe in a nice spot. spot near transportation. Things are updated. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you want to have like a, a, a comfortable Western style living st- sense in Japan for rent, it, it's not it's not incredibly cheap, mm. especially in the heart of Tokyo. Yeah. Okay. Like if you're in like the the prefectures outside of Tokyo or even the cities outside of Tokyo and things like that. Hmm. Like when I was in Tokyo, I live in Otaku-san, mm-hmm. which was like. Otaku-san? It was actually called Otaku-san. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, that's where they had us uh, live. And it was actually a very... It's a de- decently posh neighborhood. Like, mm. it was beautiful, actually. And it's, and I, I, I look at it in rose-tinted glasses yeah, now because yeah. it's so, uh-huh. so long ago. But it was a very nice neighborhood. Hmm. And rent there was not cheap at all. Hmm. And it was an hour to get into the city, even oh, wow, on top really? of that. Yep. It took Boy. me an hour to get into Azabajuban, uh, which was the business district where the university was located. And it, it would take me an hour to get to Rapungi, which which is the foreign mm. district, yeah. which is also expensive as well. Um, so, yeah, it's not it's not cheap. So I can understand why it would be lower in rank, only not because it's a bad country. It's just because it's expensive to live a nice life. But what, the, other, what other reasons so are they So the study gave? basically said that this was the biggest driving factor. What? So when people emigrate, they're, pro- they're hoping to get a decent job there, right? Mm-hmm. And they basically put it down to Japan's work culture. Mm. In Japan, you know, it's all about like right out of college, you get the job at this right, company. Right, right. And that's your company. Right, right. You, you don't really get any opportunities for quick advancement. That's mm-hmm. just not part of their work culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the trade-off is, you know, the standard job for life model. Right, right, right. Where you can... Count on having this job and count on gradual but ongoing raises right. and job security. Right. And because of that culture, there's not a lot of job switching. Right. So there's not really, compared to other countries, there's not a lot of opportunities in Japanese countries mm-hmm. to come in somewhere in the middle. Right. Which a lot of higher skilled people hopping from job to job, country to country. Right. Like that's the model of advancement. Right. You, work, you get to a certain place at one company. When another company has an opening above that, you go there. Huh. When another company has an opening above, mm. basically the idea for a lot of like highly mobile, higher skilled occupations is right. you advance your career by switching to another company that has an opening. Mm-hmm. But that culture doesn't exist as much in Japan. Hmm. So there's not an opening somewhere right. above you because right. whenever there's an opening in a company right. somewhere above where you are, right. 
the guy in Japan, in that company in Japan mm-hmm. who's one rank below, mm-hmm. the culture is we're going to move that guy up because it's his time. Right, Because right. he came to us right out of college. Right. He put up with the long hours for low pay because the implicit deal was he's going to get moved up when it's his time. Right, right. So there's no room for someone else to, you know, jump line. Right, right, right. And advance that way. Right, right, so right. So it's Japanese work culture. So I'm, like, like I said, like, if, if, if I, it's, it comes down to economics in the mm-hmm. end. Like, it's yeah, not that yeah. Japan would not be a nice place to live. God, I wish I could afford to live in Tokyo. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was an adult's paradise if you had the money to spend. I think you're the upper 1% if you have, I think, $600,000 in assets mm-hmm. and have a $250,000 income. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you're living the high life in Japan. Like, well, you're, yeah, yeah. I, would, I would wish to be able to do that. Like, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. Not yet in my life. I cannot say I can do that yet. No. But that would be pretty amazing i would yeah. love to do that i would absolutely love to do that japan's a great place i love mm. i love being there but they're the next ones with the olympics uh the summer olympics the real olympics yeah well the winter the olympics, olympics. The, the winter <laughs> olympics are in okay. south korea no one but... counts like the winter olympics are cool yeah but that's not the olympics well no i wouldn't say it's the most popular one for sure because i don't really like snowboarding yeah it's not so, the Olympics. Okay. It's the Winter all right. Olympics. All right. You tell our, our, our South Korean viewers right. that that's not the list. That's the listen, listeners. That's not the Olympics. We don't have South Korean listeners. We have J- Japanese listeners. I know. So I'm throwing my weight behind oh Japan. Oh, my God. I'm throwing my weight behind I'm, everybody. I'm dancing with the one who brung me. Japan. Actually, Phoenixville was the one who brung us. <laughs> we got a lot I of dancing with Phoenixville. <laughs> oh, <Sorry>. man. I, <laughs> that's, I grew up in Phoenixville. It's a, I like Phoenixville. Yeah, it's, it's a nice little part of part of Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, a way to put it. What do you call it? Um, but no, um, Japan was great. And what was the top of the list? What, oh, I think Singapore. Singapore and Hong Kong. Really? Singapore. Oh, yeah. Really? It's Singapore very, is extremely expensive to get into. It's very expensive, but it has a lo- it's very well-paying. Well, Singapore is a great place to live nowadays. Yeah, uh-huh. Like If you're starting out on that whole venture. And Hong Kong very, is nice, but it's super polluted. And it's very much the opposite of Japan in terms of work culture. Oh, yeah. Like, it's very, mer- very like meritocratic. Yeah, yeah. Like This is like the casino capitalist, yeah, go, go, nice. go kind of place. I, that's one place I, I do want to wind and up And Hong living Kong is uh, similarly very high-ranked for right. the same reasons. Well, well, Hong Kong's extremely polluted, too, though. Yeah. So things to consider. Things to consider. I don't know. Singapore. I'd really like to go to Singapore. I would love to go to Singapore. But it doesn't appeal to me to live in, really. It's a big city. It seems, it's, a, it's a city. It's a huge yeah, city. Yeah. It seems sterilized in a sense. I don't know. It's a, I think that's what it comes down to. You got to travel and see what it's for Plus yourself. These, these places like Singapore and Hong Kong, mm-hmm. I feel like they would have been really, really cool to be in in like the 90s when they were like growing like crazy. And it right. Was well, a they really, had high pollution. Well, and it was a really Hong go Kong's go, unique place to be. But it's not. Well, like there's still other places. There's still other places like it's Vietnam like out arrived. there. I get, Vietnam is a place like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, Speaking of which, they lost yes. big time. Well, no, they did not. They <laughs> lost in the last sixty seconds. Okay. Did you watch the game? I did not because it was like three in the morning. But okay. everyone was upset. But you know what? Here's the here's the kicker. Uzbekistan <laughs> like wasn't upset. Yeah, you know why? Because they, they won. won. <laughs> but here's the thing. So it was snowing like cats and dogs in Uzbekistan. No, in Hong Kong was or where it was being played. Oh, uh, okay. So. And and Uzbekistani sh- uh, team shirts were white. Mm. Okay, they didn't paint the ball orange. Okay, <laughs> wow. the Vietnamese have never played in the snow ever. Yeah. and it was still one to one into the last sixty seconds mm. of the game. And then Uzbekistan and gets Hong a Kong goal. so polluted it actually was raining cats and dogs. <laughs> um, 
And it was a big upset. Uh, but the Vietnamese people, from what I've been seeing, are very proud of how far they've gotten. Mm. It was the first Southeast Asian country, Good for them. and it's just, it's it, it was a pretty cool thing. I think I think that I think that the the idea is that the Chinese don't like Vietnam, and because of that, they kind of rigged the game. And in mm-hmm. any other professional game, they would have postponed it because it did look pretty nasty. The, uh-huh. the pretty nasty field out there. So congratulations to Uzbekistan, but Vietnam, congratulations as well for getting as far as you did. Good so, for them. Uh, speaking of getting the heck out of here, not being front, not liking America. Okay. Uh, I read an article recently, actually, mm-hmm. about um, the um, the the feeling of upward mobility and hope for mm-hmm. America is different depending on your race. Oh yeah. So if you are African American or a person of you're color, more you're more optimistic mm-hmm. about America and about your your place in this country. Uh-huh. Versus if you're a Caucasian or white American, mm-hmm. uh, your feelings of whether or not this this the country is deteriorating is much more greater of course um so the the article stipulates that this is that if we look at the progression of socioeconomic status for white americans versus african americans or colored americans Mm -hmm. progressively obviously white americans have had a better shake in american history Mm -hmm. and given the fact that if your forefathers uh were brought here as slaves and now you have the ability to have an apartment by yourself i think there's a big there's a big Uh progression of positivity in that realm but if your forefathers were ones of landowners or slave owners or people that came over and was able to get a good factory job okay mm-hmm. and all obviously slavery's industry is gone uh factory industry is gone mm-hmm. and <laughs> that darn slavery industry <laughs> they really they really exported that one right um but all these industries that white blue collar jobs were around uh-huh. don't exist much anymore mm-hmm. uh the so white americans are kind of feeling what it feels like to not be getting a fair shake or an uh an even-handed shake rather yeah. economically in america it's kind of like this imagine two people right Let's say one guy. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about their jobs. One guy was making twenty thousand a year. Suddenly, he's making forty thousand a year. Okay, that guy's happy. Mm-hmm. Think of another guy. Let's say he's making two hundred thousand a year. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, he's making one hundred ninety thousand a year. Mm-hmm. Second guy is so much better off than the first guy, but right. who's happier? Right. First guy. Right. Because he's like, oh boy, twice as much money as before. He's king of the world. Exactly. Other guy has so much more money, but he's experiencing a relative decline. And in rel- happiness is all about relativity. Right. It's not about how well you have it in an absolute sense. Right. It's all about how well you have it compared to others around you and compared to how well you had it at a previous point. Exactly. It's no. all about relativity. It is. It is. That's what gives coveting that's why that's why the whole idea of, mm-hmm. of greed and, and want and wanting more and that's why people say get the heck out of the cities and start growing and growing crops or um, crops. Or, or no like doing things that are more based on earth you know what i mean like yeah. go going out in forests and like hiking and things <laughs> like that okay. honestly they say people are much happier when they're getting when away they're from living the hustle in, the and bustle. Fir- in the forest well uh, honestly that's true people who live in more r- agrarian or rural areas are actually happier mm, uh because perhaps of, because of be. that uh, that being said, um, I think too it's 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 an indication of the inequity that's going on, and I think uh, um, white Americans or Caucasian Americans are realizing it now that we aren't getting much of any of the things that we were promised or thought out of our own white privilege because there's not enough money or funds or jobs to go around like there used to be because okay, the economies have changed. Okay. And that being said, uh, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing that people who are white are realizing that. They aren't as hopeful or happy about America because here's why. 
Eventually, there's going to be an equilibrium between the status economically of African Americans and Caucasian white Americans. And once we have an even keel economically and aren't fighting Mm. with one another to say, oh, I don't want them to take my jobs or I don't want them to get the privileges I have. When everybody has the same damn privileges and it's not divided by racial standpoints, but by economic standpoints, I believe that then and only then will we have a cohort of electoral college that will allow us then to be having people to vote for things that will have have better prospects for individuals who aren't rich okay okay so i think there's a better keel in uh, of, of uh, or a better idea of what's going to happen if people are all on the even playing field because then when we're all ticked off together we can mm. go off and say mm. you know what's the politicians no i don't want the bourgeoisie to control everything mm-hmm. give us what we deserve we want to have a decent life you pieces of garbage well i don't necessarily think that's that how i interpret postmodern commie reasoning is <sighs> i think i think it's all about the relative changes it's not like a lot of people, a lot of postmodern commies like to pull that card. Uh-huh. Oh, it's because the white people see their privileges are going away. That's the truth, though. Nah, I mean, it is. No, it is. No, I mean, we nah. still got privilege, but we're losing it's, it's economic just the, power. It's just the relative changes in material nah. outcomes. Well, yeah, well, duh. So they're, they're losing. But they're not the- saying. Oh no, I'm not as much better off as this other guy than before. I'm worse off than that's, I used to be. That's what I am saying. I'm saying that eventually there will be hitting an equilibrium where they're both both African Americans or people of color and white individuals will be on the same playing field economically. It's going to eventually happen. It's not the middle class well, is going look, to be the middle the class. Asians are all always going to oh be above God, them we, both. I've already I've so. already I've already disputed that many podcasts ago. No, I'm just saying. Well, but, as a group, materially, the Asians are always going to rule America. No, that's just silliness. That's true. That's silliness. That's just silliness. Speaking about modern human beings and people ruling the countries and oh, world. Oh, modern uh, human beings. So um, I just read an article that stated they found the oldest evidence, oldest evidence. of, of human, uh, of human uh, body DNA or fossils outside of Africa. Originally, they had dated the exodus to be about 100,000 to 130,000 years ago, Okay, uh, presumably, based on the mm-hmm. fossil evidence there. But they just discovered the jawbone of a human fossil that it, I think I believe it was in Israel. Probably uh, sounds right. Th- th- uh, dating back to 180,000 years ago. Uh-huh. And this is leading us to rewrite our history books or evolutionary history books to say we as human beings had a great exodus many, many more thousands of years ago before previously. Now, the article does stipulate that this, that bone, the 180,000 year old bone, mm-hmm. was not the original descendants of who we are as people. They said that. There was a form of uh, humans that went off and did that, but they eventually died off for whatever reason. Well, there were the a lot ones of... that we are descended from were the ones that had the great exodus of a hundred thousand years ago. So even though our species did leave Africa earlier, oh, I see. the ones Not... that actually grew yeah, and had yeah, children yeah. Uh-huh. weren't the ones. But that they came were still early. these people. One hundred eighty-five thousand years were still Homo sapiens. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. They just weren't the group of Homo sapiens that, that populated the rest yeah. of the world so for actually, whatever reason. There's a, there's a couple groups that we come from. So there was a hunter gatherer group who came out of africa went off all over through the middle east and europe and even went into asia and whatnot right right and we're europeans aren't really descended from those people a later wave came and rather than going across into europe and living as hunter gatherers settled in turkey and lived as farmers correct and farmers obviously can have much larger populations than hunter gatherers eventually these people went off into europe and they basically displaced the hunter gatherers Mm -hmm. now once those farmers who displaced the hunter gatherers settled down then pastoral peoples 
people who weren't really settled farmers, but they were like pastoralist yeah. nomads who lived where around where like um, Ukraine is now. Then they came in and conquered the settled farmers who came from Turkey. And those people, they're the Indo-Europeans, and all of our European languages descend from that language. There you go. So that that's something I find very interesting. I know. I th- I always I always find it Ooh, with with um one exception Basque. For some reason, the Basque language in northern, um, like north on the border of Spain, of Spain and France, mm-hmm. for some reason, I don't know what happened. Maybe right. they weren't able right. to conquer them because right. it's a very mountainous area. Right. Right. They don't speak an Indo-European language. Possibly Hungarian isn't Indo-European either. Huh. Go but figure. I think at this point, most people think it is Indo-European. Go figure. But Basque is not. Very interesting. Did not know that. Did not know that. Well, I know you've always been more of a... Neither, were the, neither were the Etruscans Indo-Europeans. And oh, the Etru- I love the Etruscans. And the Etruscans yeah. are the ones who influenced Rome, like, greatly. Of course, yeah, yeah. Like, Etruscan art is beautiful. Humongously. I saw that when I went to the Louvre, yeah. But great. they weren't Indo-Europeans. <laughs> very, very interesting. Um, yeah, I always find that very, very fascinating about the whole progression of people coming from one place to the other, because mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows oh, anything? And, um, Timmy still all, keeps... Keep it, keep it going, we're, Timmy. We're, keep we're, it going, Timmy. <laughs> we're also intermixed with Neanderthals. Of course. Actually, Not Caucasians. Africans. Yeah, Caucasians have like a 10% uh-huh. mix and of Middle Neanderthals. Um, yeah. They, do they Middle, Middle Eastern as well? Yeah, Africans do not. They're more... That's actually probably where we mostly intermixed with them, in the Middle East, not in Europe. By the time we got to Europe, the Neanderthals in Europe were mostly out of there. <laughs> but they were very much present in the Middle East, and that's where Homo sapiens intermixed with them. And wizards. Now, the people who went into Southeast Asia intermixed with another extinct humanoid, yeah. the Denisovans. Yeah, that's why they have a distinctive difference distinctive in, difference. in physio- physiology. But yeah. Africans, ironically contrary to some... Um, racialist philosophies right. are the only pure humans it's, isn't that true isn't that yeah. so crazy uh-huh. you know what i mean and it really blows your mind when you look at it in that perspective it's also really and they're the most african populations by far are the most genetically diverse well yeah i mean i can imagine i can mm-hmm. imagine because um, the people who came out of africa that they, they had a certain population bottleneck and we all descended from that relatively exactly. small number exactly of people. exactly whereas at the time when that group left africa right. there were many 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 more humans who stayed in africa for sure for sure so much more genetic cradle diversity of humanity. Yeah. yeah came off um, of that. Uh, it's, it's funny too if you actually look at maps that are geographically spatialized in a way in which it's actually accurate within what the world is mm-hmm. it really blows your mind about the proportional of, proportionality of how huge africa really is actually in the mm. maps that we have today the typical uh-huh. globes yeah africa looks a lot smaller than what it actually really is proportionally mm-hmm. because it's more aesthetically pleasing into the eyes of the people that are looking at the maps to downsize it mm. or space it out differently it's it's written and, and who, who wrote most of the maps white people you know what I mean, and that's what really blows there my might, mind. There might be things. something to that. There might be. I, I truly believe there is a lot to deal with that. If, if Africa became the more powerful of all the of all the continents, I believe uh-huh. I believe me, you or not, that 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 would be a more predominantly sized continent. Okay, within maybe. It. But the thing is, these maps they're they're constructed mathematically because the Earth is a globe. You can construct it's anything, not a rectangle. Timmy, you can construct anything mathematically, but you can okay, proportion. Here's the thing: it'll never here's, be one hundred percent accurate. Here's, but here's the point. point. I'm to make here's is, the point I want to make. I'm not going to go out and say, oh, they did this because of white privilege until I really understand the freaking technical mathematics and how they model these things. I read enough about how... I, oh, I'm made. sure. I'm sure I you're have. a freaking map I have. expert. I was really interested in it. Because... Freaking map textbook over here. <laughs> you read two Wikipedia articles 
<laughs> and you and you watch that episode of the West Wing where they talk about. I don't this. even know what West Wing is. <laughs> That's what you did. I don't even know what the West Wing is. There's this famous scene where like they meet. It's it's like a pair. It, it's a drama about the White House. And in one episode, they meet with this group about like. Ri- cartographers for racial justice and they talk about this <laughs> no i i guarantee you like yes but there was distinctive reasonings why certain mathematics you can make the map of a world look vastly different go depending ahead. on how go ahead what do you mean go, go ahead go ahead you don't know how it works i don't know how it works i'm just saying you can't I just do. assume it's Timmy, because of I, i've looked at racism look, no, when you yeah, don't Timmy, know how there it are works multiple ways you can make a map you Eventually, know that's how no they... no no there are multiple ways you can make a map right, okay? okay the maps that are used okay. within our school systems that whole flattening where the where antarctica looks like it's a huge piece of ice everywhere uh-huh. that doesn't exist the only reason why they do that is because it makes a, the north america look flat okay and easy then to look i at. guess the reason we made antarctica so big is because we're all antarctic supremacists no if just, we used exactly. why would they care about no, no exactly no. they don't that's just how the math works let's end that's this why on, africa's let's like end, that let's end this on a positive so okay. i just read an article okay. <laughs> how to make not, brownies not, with um <laughs> with three eggs instead of two <laughs> yes um so this is what i was kind of talking to you guys about that no matter what you do in life you never know how that's going to affect somebody else uh, and, and how can it affect you positively as well? Mm. That's why I was saying, like, the creative endeavors of the people of the Wong Fu Production Group and YouTube mm-hmm. kind of elicited an, an inspirational, artistic idea for me. Uh-huh. Uh, but at the same token, good deeds are, sa- are, are in same in similarity in regards to who knows how that's going to come back to you. And that's why I kind of mm. always look at it as karma. Uh, but, you, you, you know, the idea of it, too, is that when you, good things, when you do good things, good things happen to you mm. either because you are in a happier place because it's, it's nice to do good things or people mm. recognize that you're a good person. And by doing so, good things happen to you in this way. So there was an individual who had an Airbnb. Okay. Uh, this person uh, was trying to make a little bit of extra money for his family, mm. and by doing so, um, he was uh, what do you call it? Renting out the his his house to a famous writer, okay. uh, who uh, was just staying there, and he was just being nice to the guy, you know, all that stuff. Well, eventually, mm. this famous writer had, went, was going through cardiac arrest, mm. and during that process, the person who owned the Airbnb took care of that uh, that 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 that, um, the, that incident by getting mm-hmm. an ambulance, going to the hospital, bringing reading materials, all this stuff, letting him come back to the Airbnb without charge when he came out out of the hospital, uh-huh. whatever. Um, and then, uh, afterwards the man went back to his, his home country and then wrote a wonderful review on the fellow's Airbnb. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, he did that and, um, what do you call it? He, he, the guy who had the Airbnb became kind of like a short term, like celebrity for Vietnam, not Vietnam, excuse me, the internet, uh-huh. uh, because, uh, it, it was like a, it was a nice, nice little story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then, it, w- w- then all the while, the fellow that was renting out the Airbnb also divined an app. So the reason why he had to go and make a um, Airbnb for his house because he lost his job. Why did mm. he lose his job? Well, he had uh, he had to go through dialysis because mm. he was having kidney problems, uh-huh. and because of this. He was unable to travel a lot for his job because he needed to make sure that he was near a dialysis place. Mm-hmm. So the job eventually let him go, and he needed to find extra money. So eventually he made this app that didn't make a lot of money, 
where it helped people discover where dialysis places were mm. uh, based upon the location they were. So when they planned their vacation or they went to business, they were able to go and do that. Well, eventually someone caught on to this idea, and I think he won this uh, science prize, I think, in Columbia or was it UPenn? I, I forget exactly which high-end medical institution it was. Well, fast forward, and then you had the incident with the Airbnb, and then uh, the guy who owns Airbnb mm-hmm. sent the fella email, uh, Javier uh, Artigas, I guess I believe his name was, who who uh, had the Airbnb. and the, Javier owned, Artigas, uh, probably. Yeah. So he said to him, the guy who owns Airbnb said to um, Javier, uh, hey, I was wondering if I could spend some time at your airbnb mm-hmm. so he and so the javier was like yes of course and you know you come come whatever so then that whole time that he was there with javier he the the airbnb owner said to him hey can you tell me the whole story about what happened with the writer and you mm. and then tell me your life story what's going on with you and then he talked about his dialysis and all these other things and then um after the stay um the the fella sent uh, an email to Javier while he was still there, uh, staying at Javier's house, and saying, hey, check your email out. And Javier assumed that he was going it, – it was, it was payment for the Airbnb because he already told the owner of Airbnb that he doesn't have to pay him. Mm. But he opens it up, and it turns out that the owner of Airbnb wants to invest money and capital mm. into his app. And cool. now his app is the largest app for people to find dialysis. Mm. And meanwhile, he has then be, was able to afford a kidney transplant and no longer needs to have dialysis. Aww. And his sis, his younger daughter also has uh, a, um, that ailment as well that requires Ooh. him to go through di- her to go through dialysis. The point is, his life has changed for the better because he was a good person and did a good thing. And I thought, too, it was kind of like a nice humbling idea idea of you never know who you want to run into or whether it's giving a person you know a dollar because they're in front of you at the grocery store and didn't have enough money or you know helping someone open the door mm. when they have a bunch of groceries or just going not necessarily out of your way but just saying you know if i'm in that situation i would want to make sure that somebody was able there to help me out too mm. or if someone i cared for was in that situation i'd hope someone would care for them as well so the point is ladies and gentlemen you never know exactly what it, what type of good deed you're doing and how that will affect you or someone else later down the line or in this respect what i was speaking to earlier if you had something creative that you loved who knows what amazing thing will that that will inspire from someone else so do it put into life great deeds for others and put into life your artwork your your beauty your wonderfulness i just had a recently an old friend of ours Hmm. messaged me on facebook uh, he used to uh, st- I met him in Japan mm-hmm. and um, he came over to the US to study art um, and he eventually before he left gave me a couple of his art pieces and I put them on my wall hmm. and he I went back to Japan and then I took a picture of something in my house recently and then his picture was in the frame so I just tagged him into it hmm. and he asked me uh, uh, who painted that great picture uh-huh. And I said, an amazing person and artist. Aww. And he said, I missed you. And I said, I miss you too, man. Never give up. There are plenty of walls out there to put art on. Word, so, man. you know, it's those simple things in life that really I think are put, connects people in, in a more homely and, and, and wonderful way. And I think mm. I think art and being good to others is, is, is a piece of that. That's why I love art so much. I think not only are you doing something for yourself by creating and doing something you're passionate about, but you're giving – birth to something that was never alive but only in your head to the world for others to love and appreciate 
cool. So that was my little diatribe. I, I mean, this was in a really creative mood after that show, movie, but the Wong Fu Productions. It's called uh, what was it? What was it called again? From here, from here on out, out. From here on out, guys. Please, 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 please watch it. I loved it. It was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Mm. So, but that's all I got for everybody today, Tim. Is that okay. all you got for the day too? I guess so. Except we're going to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Okay, I will actually watch this okay. one now. The you didn't Eagles watch are going last to the Super week. Bowl. What's that? You didn't watch last week? No, I, I just watched the. Okay. It was like the, a the blowout. Score. Yeah, yeah, I saw it was yeah. a blowout. So. The Feagles are going to the Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. Cool. Timmy and I are going to get uh, to some bars and uh, maybe go on Broad Street and see the yeah. craziness. I mean, I hope there's like a riot or something. Oh, my like, God. There probably will many, be. It's, it's going to be ridiculous, Tim. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely I so. ridiculous. I mean, if they win. There, there, there's going to be a riot regardless yeah. of whether they win or not. It's Philadelphia. <laughs> there dude. might be a better Did you see that remix they... of, of all the crazy things that happened during the Super Bowl? This guy made a remix on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where the, where and the, the guy talking about Tom Brady's yeah, wife. But, yeah, dude, that was so good. Tom Brady, I'm up your wife. I'm up your wife. That was good. Oh my god. Oh, did Eagles. you? <laughs> There's this um, there on on YouTube. You can see like the local Minneapolis um, what's it called? News production made right. a story about how terrible the Philadelphia <laughs> football fans were. <laughs> they were like, like it was like vitripulous or whatever yeah terrible terrible yes like they were just saying they were the worst things in the world i like that that's good that's what i like they're throwing beer cans at the tour buses i I support this i support it 100 percent. all right well ladies and gentlemen thank you all so much for tuning in this week to the tim and dave show podcast i hope you all enjoyed our our fun and outrageous topics better have you better better have have, better have have. have. we're gonna cry we're gonna cry but uh, i hope you all enjoy the rest of the week and i will stay tuned for next week's tim and dave show podcast yes indeed this is tim and this is dave this is the tim and dave show take care everyone have a great rest of your week Whoo wee oh, man yeah. oh man man i could go grocery shopping do you yeah i i don't i don't want to do that okay. i just don't want to go grocery shopping but that show maybe after what we saw mm, makes maybe. me kind of want to go grocery shopping uh-huh. <laughs>